welcome to the sixth episode of the Evolving Media Podcast, where we try to find out where the world of media is heading and what we need to take into consideration when working in it in the future. My very first guest on this podcast was Sandra Lehner, who talked about the target group she's been doing a lot of research about, the elusive generation Z. I could have discussed their habits and how to correctly approach and engage with them for hours, but uh, we had to cut our talk short to not make it into an impossibly long episode. That's why I'm very happy to welcome Sandra back today for this episode to look more in-depth at Generation Z and how we can work with them for our future projects. Sandra, uh, thanks for agreeing to be on this podcast again. How have you been? Uh, I've been very well, very busy. Christmas is coming up, the end of the year is coming up, um, but it's been a good year and I'm looking forward to 2019, which should be exciting as well. I will say that I, I had, a, as we spoke about earlier, I, f- from our last talk, I had the feeling we could go on talking about Generation Z and these things for hours and hours. So I'm, I'm very happy that you agreed to come back on and delve a little bit deeper into into what you know about Generation Z and this very particular target group that most of us would like to to reach. So just as a a first example, and I know this is a difficult one, but for your part, what have been the most exciting, you know, storytelling examples for that you've seen on the 2000, in the year 2018? Yeah, I was just telling you, I was actually thinking about that all day long yesterday. Because first, I was like, oh, like most of the exciting stuff that I've been talking about this year is actually from 2017. So it took me a while. But I would say the most exciting examples were the Snapchat originals that launched in October. So I know a lot of people um, already think Snapchat is dead because they lost so many active users this year, mostly because of their design change um, in Q2. But uh, I think these originals that they launched are really interesting. So they're mostly scripted series. Um, You can check it out under the Discover feature. And what's really interesting about it is that they use augmented reality to put the viewers into the show. So they have so-called show portals that allow the viewers to step right into a scene and explore the set right down to the props. And you can also send this experience to your friends. And um, when it's available, you can uh, see it on the bottom by swiping up. And the other thing that they added was reaction lenses that make it easy to post about the show's biggest moments. So, for example, you can take a selfie of yourself with like um, hard eyes uh, when you love something or like, oh, my God, this was exciting. Um, yeah, and as I mentioned last time, in a Gen C world where no one talks about your show, the show doesn't exist. So Snapchat definitely gives their viewers uh, the features to talk about it to their friends. Mm-hmm. And the other example um, that came to my mind last night <laughs> was Bernie Sue's live science fiction series, Artificial. Mm. So it's the, yeah, it's the first ever show to air live on gaming platform Twitch. So for, for those of you listening now who don't know Twitch, it's the um, 
It's a very popular live streaming platform for video gamers. It draws about 15 million active users a day. And artificial was the first scripted series attempt. And um, so what's really interesting about it is that it was interactive. So the viewers helped deciding the plot through online chats and polls. So do you feel that these examples, and I agree they are both quite exciting, do you feel that they are very much, if you would name something a Generation Z property or a story, are these great examples of how to reach that generation? Yeah, I think I think I mentioned it last time as well. So I think um, the key storytelling trends this year are definitely um, stories. And what comes with uh, the stories feature is life and interactivity. And both of these examples have that. Um, so with, uh, you know, with um, Snapchat, <clears throat> the videos disappear after 24 hours. And artificial was obviously a live event where people had to be online and interact with the characters on the show. So very much um, like organic stuff in a sense more organic than traditional traditional media uh, properties uh, yeah but we talked last time about what kind of an audience generation said are and it's just to continue on from that one question i didn't have the time to ask you last time around if you were a producer today i mean you are a producer today but if you were a producer today looking at generation z as a po possible target audience how would you make sure that you reach and engage them Yeah, good question. So first of all, uh, their media consumption is um, quite unique. So their typical entertainment consumption is streaming, actually. And one third is viewed on a mobile device. So they definitely prefer to watch content wherever they are and whenever they want to watch something. So if you want to reach them, don't think in TV slots. And um, also think smartphone because uh, they use their smartphones to stream video more than any other device, including computers, television, um, tablets, and gaming devices. And um, 34% actually watch shows on YouTube and 27% on Netflix. So these are their preferred platforms. And only 15% watch live TV on TV. So, um, yeah, and Gen Z are definitely drawn to stories they can relate to. That's why they prefer YouTubers, actually. They um, firstly cater to their hobbies and interests, and uh, YouTubers are teenagers too, and therefore the content is more relatable to them than TV content. And it's free and that's important to them as well. So a lot of them said that they can't actually afford a Netflix subscription. So I think the 27% that watch Netflix, they um, they use their parents' subscription. Um, and you, sh you should also think about that they're the ultimate multitaskers. So in order to reach and engage them, you should use the social media platforms they use. We talked about this last time as well. Instagram, Snapchat, WhatsApp. And uh, last but not least, their peers are their biggest influencers. Um, so that's why Gen Z networks like um, Awesomeness TV in America or Zooming TV in the Netherlands, um, Funk in Germany, they all work with YouTubers or social media influencers for their shows. 
So I remember uh, from back in the days when uh, television shows, and I, I guess they're still doing it, some of them are television broadcasters, uh, picked up uh, successful YouTubers and gave them, who, who were very good at doing these three to five minute video clips for YouTube, and then they gave them a television show. And that almost never worked in my experience. Was it because they put them like, like a fish out of water? They put them on a platform where people wouldn't follow them? Or was it the context? Do you have any idea what, why YouTubers wouldn't work on television? I think it's the context um, and the platform. And you have to, uh, you have, as a producer, you, uh, um, you have to keep in mind that they are creators. They're not actors. You just, you don't put them into a show that you created <laughs> and let them say the words that you have written. They're actually creators. And so the, the content has to come from them. And um, so the, the network, the Gen Z networks that I just mentioned, including Netflix, I would say, they actually integrate them in the development process as well. Um, because these YouTubers, they actually know um, how to create storylines that will resonate with the audience. And I remember uh, from our earlier talk, you mentioned that Generation Z are more conservative as a perhaps as a reaction towards their parents' generations and stuff like this. But uh, could you tell me some other traits that they have, like general traits? Are they, do they care more about other people? Are they more accepting? Are they more judgmental or, or something? What kind of what kind of a generation are they? <laughs> yeah, they're definitely more caring than other generations before them. Um, they're known as social justice warriors and they're the most diverse generation ever. Um, so almost half of Generation C in America are actually minorities. Um, I read a, um, a study by Wattpad uh, that said that almost 3% of teenagers don't identify as either male or female. And one in seven young women in the U.S. identify as gay or bisexual. So therefore, it doesn't surprise that they are in favor of a variety of social movements. So eight in ten percent, uh, eight in ten support Black Lives Matters. Seventy-four um, percent are in favor of transgender rights, and sixty-three percent support feminism. And because they are so diverse and active, they are also more accepting and open-minded than any other generation before. I think um, a big concern among teenagers nowadays is also mental health. Um, so anxiety and depression issues, um, yeah, are really uh, very uh, widespread. And that's why streaming shows such as 13 Reasons Why, for example, really resonated with them or also Scum that I mentioned last time. Yeah, and they also care about the environment, of course. <laughs> they know that they need to fix what the generations before them messed up. Um, therefore, they're very pragmatic and determined. Um, they say that they would rather be an entrepreneur than work at a large corporation. And their favorite career choices are doctor, engineer, and gamer. But yeah. it, it sounds like it, there's some hope uh, there for the world. There is hope, Simon. Some hope for the world in the hands of the next generation, I'd say. Um, yeah, that's why I'm so excited about them because, yeah, I, I really, they understand the problems, um, social issues, uh, environmental issues, and yeah, and they're determined to fix them. Uh, 
one question following up on on an earlier thing we talked about just uh, when you try to create uh, an, something new and reach this Generation Z audience, would it make sense to partner up or, or to target characters or to, to try to involve protagonists that already have a following to boost your story? I mean, I know that there are creators who, tr- who have this uh, approach that if we team up with this influencer or with this uh, YouTube star or with this, this person, then we can uh, boost our own story through their brand. Do you, mm-hmm. do you see this working or is it just too cynical a move to or what what's needed for it to work? <laughs> um, I think it definitely makes sense um, because this generation, they so compared to millennials that follow a hit show like Stranger Things on Netflix or Game of Thrones um, on HBO, Gen Z actually follows influencers, YouTubers, social media stars, um, such as Cameron Dallas, for example, and Jen McAllister. They're both uh, part of Awesomeness TV. Um, So it definitely makes sense to integrate them. And uh, Generation C is also the first generation that values these internet stars more than traditional stars because they appear so authentic and transparent. So they feel like they're their friends. They can trust them. They grew up with them. Yeah, so it doesn't only give your project a bigger reach, actually, but it also gives your project the approval of their peers because they think if this star is attached, then I will like this show as well. So more more courageous collaborations, basically, is the key to, to reaching this audience. Yeah, I mean, you, you need to find the right person because, as I said before, you need to know that they're creators, so they want to be part of the story. You can't just, I mean, that's the problem with um, this whole influencer marketing as well. You yeah. need to give them the space and the creative tools to make your story or or your brand their own. And this is a question I've got as well from some people, uh, and I understand it perfectly. I'm also concerned about financing and how to finance productions I'm involved with. But when we look at, for instance, um, Facebook Watch as a, is that, is that a viable piece of a financing puzzle? You know, when you start to develop uh, content and then you plan some to be released on as a film and some to be released as a series and some to be released on Facebook watch etc so financing wise are these new platforms are they are they are they viable pieces of the financing puzzle for a creator do you think well Facebook watch is definitely not for generation C so even, even though they told me um, earlier this year that Generation C is their target audience for Facebook okay. Watch, but Generation C is not on Facebook anymore. They they say it's filled with their parents and not actually filled with their peers. And when you look at what Facebook Watch has been commissioned <laughs> lately, they, they call it, uh, they commission shows that can get a hot start on Facebook. And what they mean by that is that they um, match up with a high-profile creator that has already a big Facebook following, so it's probably not a Gen Z 
person. Yeah, so for example, they um, they just commissioned Red Table Talk, hosted by Jada Pinkett-Smith. Um, they rebooted The Real World. Um, they commissioned a show with Kim Kardashian, uh, Shaquille O'Neal. So these are all millenn millennial stars. They're not Gen Z. And also as an independent producer, it's really difficult to team up with, you know, Kim Kardashian, <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal. So I feel like at the moment the door is closed at Facebook. They they encourage um, producers to produce shows and put it up on um, Facebook Watch, but they're not paying for it. They only um, offer free on-platform marketing. So a lot yeah. of this would be about outreach more than um, like f getting more funding in for what you're trying to do. Yeah, I guess it's building up an audience and proof that your concept is working. But yeah, but then it's more about reaching a millennial audience than Generation C. But on the other hand, Snapchat actually is funding now projects. Um, they said they you can get 50,000 for 50 minutes and um, they mostly commission 10 episodes per five minutes and they let you keep your IP, which is really interesting for mm -hmm. a creator. Um, yeah, so I think Snapchat is really exciting at the moment. And the other platform I'm keeping an eye on is uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg's new TV. So it's supposed to be the next generation HBO on Netflix, but um, for mobile first content. And the backers include Disney, Fox, Sony, Lionsgate, Alibaba, Liberty Global, etc. Um, they aiming to launch by the end of 2019 with um, premium original short form content. Yeah, so that should be exciting. And it seems like they have money to fund short form content at least. So fi one final question uh, before I let you go for this time. Uh, what, Sandra, what are you looking forward to or what are you dreading? For 2019, you said you're looking forward to the to the year, so I'm assuming you're 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 thinking of something good's gonna gonna happen. Is there anything in particular that you are looking forward to? I'm excited to see how Instagram TV is evolving. We haven't heard anything since the launch, basically. Um, but for me personally, Instagram is the most exciting platform at the moment. So I'm I'm really looking forward to what's gonna happen there um, next year. And then uh, I mentioned the Snapchat originals in the beginning. There have been 70 originals commissioned. Um, and I think they released uh, six of them in October. So I'm excited to see what uh, the other 64 are going to be. And then, yeah, launch of new TV. Zooming TV is actually working on a new strategy. Um, and I think I've mentioned this before as well. So Zooming TV I really enjoy their programs um, for Generation C, so I'm excited to see what they're coming up with next year. And then um, I felt like this year and also last year, last year the, the public broadcasters, also the streamers, were doing a really good job at creating content for Generation C. And um, I'm excited to see if the commercial networks catch up next year because <laughs> I think uh, this generation is definitely the audience you should start focusing on in 2019. Uh, Sandra, thank you so much for joining me uh, for this podcast and I hope to have you on it uh, in the very near future again. 
Yeah, thanks, Simon. Bye. Bye. Bye.